Okay, let's begin then with uh, question number one. We're looking at invest money wisely. And a lot of people are doing money, investing money unwisely today and uh, facing all the sorrows and the pains that go along with that. We're on session five. We didn't do, we did, we didn't do session four? No. No, we did session four last week. Uh -huh. I skip a whole session? Mine is not in there. Mine is not written in. Yours ain't written in. Okay, let me see. So that, what, that, what is that, earn money productively? Manage money. Manage money. Oh. Manage money diligently? Yeah. Well, I don't have that one. Okay. You want to go to five, then you go to five. Yeah, you already have prepared five. Okay, let's go with five. We'll come back to four. Because I don't have that one. How could I miss number four? Just one of them, eight here, five. Okay, we'll come back to, we'll come back to four. Because I, I missed that one. That, that is, um, how my week is gone. It has been one one week that is so crazy. I I I had a I had a vehicle came in on the boat on the thirty first and I went to um I never did that before. Go and uh, clear a vehicle that you bought from the Japanese, whatever. And I went out there, and you know, you don't know, so you gotta go all over the place, and people won't tell you anything. Yeah. You know, so I bet I say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be wise with this. I'm get, get the boat, get the car from the boat, released from customs, went straight to road traffic on Fort Charlotte. No one was there. I mean, I could just drive right up in the bay and have the car inspected. Great, fantastic. Had the car inspected and everything. The fellow said, okay, uh, go on, bring, up, bring your paperwork and everything. Went in the car, gave me this form. I filled out the form. When I walked back up there with my form, the fellow said, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you, run out of license plates. <laughs> so he, so he, he said the boat came in last night and everybody's been coming straight from the boat here. I thought I was the only one who was doing that. Say, so I'm sorry, you're gonna have to go to headquarters. I hate going to headquarters. When you go to headquarters, it's, it's a long wait. I had to go to headquarters. We ended up with three cars in the line waiting for inspection and about five or six people standing outside the door of the inspection office. So we waited, 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 waited. Finally got inspected, went inside. Uh, and then this guy got the nerve to jump the line. You know, everybody's there waiting patiently, orderly, and he jumps the line. And there was a deaf girl in the front of me, a deaf lady in the front of me, and she saw him and she started up. <laughs> you know, and uh, someone brought attention to the supervisor, so he came out and he went. And the thing it is, he jumped the line, and the woman at the counter was serving him. Oh, you know, you so the supervisor came out, and uh, and I said to the supervisor, I said, "That fellow, he jumped the line." So he went and he asked the lady, um, "Did you call him?" And uh, and she started stumbling. You know, so he said, um, people said he jumped the line. He says. Uh, have you started to serve him? She said, yes. She said, give him back all of his paperwork and let him go on the line. Mm -hmm. right. I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it was still a two-hour wait at road traffic. Still a two-hour wait. 
So my week was kind of crazy. No wonder I forgot stuff. Okay, let's look at, let's look at page 99. Page 99. Uh, what comes to mind when you hear the word invest? Risk. Risk. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people hear that word, risk. What is it gonna cost me in the long run, right? So what's the point? 100, page 100, top page 100. When it comes to your money, plan and invest wisely. When it comes to your money, plan and invest wisely. Other people, they don't care how they invest other people's money. And they won't care how they invest your money. So the point is, when it comes to your money, you invest wisely. Okay, let's look at uh, Bible Meets Life. The world of financial investing can be a virtual minefield. Countless people have lost their life savings by making emotional knee-jerk reactions to the natural ebb and flow of our economy. People sell or pull out their money in a panic when real estate on the, or the stock market plummet. Because of our instant gratification society, people often have very little patience. If their investments don't turn around instant returns, many investors quickly move to the next big idea with very little thought. Solomon knew the danger of the quick fix, and he warned his readers to invest wisely and wait patiently. As we'll see in the book of Ecclesiastes, the law of the harvest takes time, but it yields a bountiful crop to those who are diligent and willing to work and patient enough to wait. Okay, so let's take special note of what the book of, Proverbs, Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes will have to say to us and see what we can glean from those choice morsels. The first passage we're going to look at is Ecclesiastes, uh, the first two verses of verse 11, page 101. Just verses 1 and 2. Set your bread on the surface of the waters, for after many days you may find it. Give a portion to seven or even to eight, for you don't know what disaster may happen on earth. Do you always know what disaster is going to happen? No. You don't, right? Unless there's an earthquake, and uh, you, you see the earthquake happening, then you can probably anticipate you know, what's going to happen, but we don't know what disasters will happen on earth. Okay, so we'll look at bread, uh, bread uh, the definition of bread on the surface of the world. We hear that phrase a lot, don't we? Do we, do we know what that means? No. But uh, well, he has a definition for it. You know, from I've been growing up, I've been hearing that, that, that phrase. Over and over again. Cast your bread on the surface of the waters. Okay? It refers to the practice of trading goods using sailing ships. This would have been a common form of investment for some in Solomon's position in the ancient world. Uh, so people use it today in terms of trading or exchanging things, I guess. Now, uh, in the final two chapters of Ecclesiastes, Solomon summarized the wisdom he had, he had given in the first ten chapters. Solomon began his book by writing absolute futility, or all is vain. Everything is futile, he said, in verse 2 of chapter 1. 
When examining life without God, Christians today come to the same conclusion. But when we trust Christ and ask for forgiveness for our sins, we establish a relationship with God that, and that conclusion changes. God sent Jesus so that we may have life. And have it how? Abundantly. Abundantly. Most abundantly. And part of this abundant life, this life to the fullest, results in changes we make with regards to our attitudes and our actions toward our money and our possessions. Isn't that so? When you get saved, you look at money differently, right? You look at your possessions differently, don't you? When you come to Christ, everything changes. Okay, if it ain't changed, then you need to go back and examine that, that, that salvation process really took place. But everything changes with regards to our money and our possessions. You know, we think about it differently. The Bible repeatedly addresses the subject of finances because money and possessions are tied to who we are. Many people are viewed by what they have. Okay? When we look at the world scene, when I mention the name Bill Gates, what do you think of? Billions. Billions, right? Yeah. Right now he's the richest man in the world. Okay? All you need is mention that name. And all that is associated with that name is the computers and billions and technology and all that sort of stuff. Right? And so people are, people's names are, uh, uh, money is tied to who they are. Jesus said, famous saying, for where your treasure is, finish it. There your heart will be also. Okay, so Ecclesiastes 1 begins with a simple command to send our bread on the surface of the waters. It regards how we invest our money. This command certainly forbids hoarding. You know they got a whole television program on hoarding? Yes. Okay. Hoarders. Okay. And so as the Jesus parable of the rich fool in Luke chapter 12, God expects us to surrender all of our lives to him, including the financial aspect of our lives. We see that in Matthew chapter 6, 33. What does that verse say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? And everything else is going to be added. Okay, put him first and he'll take care of the rest. Today we can apply Solomon's advice to our money and possessions as well. We must invest our money wisely. God commands it. And in the second part of Ecclesiastes, verse 11:1, 1, he tells us why. For after many days, you will find it. The basic meaning is that wise investing produces a profitable return. Cast your bread upon the waters, invest it wisely, for after many days you will find it, you will get profitable returns. So we know what that phrase means now, right? We get a better handle on, on what it means, right? When we hear it, we can put a picture in our minds now, right? Okay. Let's look at the paragraphs on page 102. Someone can read that, please. What are different ways people respond to the uncertainty of the future? I don't know if I'm supposed to read that. But anyway. Here, go ahead. Ecclesiastes 
Ecclesiastes 11, 1 to 2. Leading up to Ecclesiastes 11, Solomon admitted that he faced great uncertainty regarding the future, while at the same time assuring us that God has everything under control. See Ecclesiastes 9, 1. In light of this, the wise king offered several tips for smart living throughout his works. In Ecclesiastes 11, Solomon offered some specific tips about investing for the future. Diversification is the mantra of most financial advisors today. They encourage their clients to spread their investments through bonds, stocks, real estate, and numerous other options. But this strategic is actually a biblical principle. Solomon advised against putting all your eggs in one basket. In fact, the Bible offers several clear principles to guide our investment strategies today. Pray for understanding. See Proverbs 3, 13, 14, and 15. Don't allow your hearts to be swayed by popular opinions or trends. Ask the Lord to guide your steps according to his word and his wisdom. Seek wise counsel. See Proverbs 18 to 1, 20 and 18, 24 and 6. Don't make decisions alone. Seek the giftedness of other men. God's word to guide you in your decision making. Seek unity. See Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12, Amos 3 and 3. If you're married, make financial plans with your spouse. Work together and don't move forward if you're not in Avoid getting involved in areas outside your expertise. See Proverbs 27 to 12. But be sure to surround yourself with wise counselors who are skilled and can help you. Wait for taking act before taking action. See Psalms 37, 5-7. Don't make hasty agreements. Be patient and move forward as God leads. Take advantage of opportunities God provides, but don't be tempted to rush. If you don't have peace, stop. See Philippians 4, 6-7. Godly biblical decisions are accompanied by His peace. If you're unsettled or anxious about a financial decision, don't move forward. Seek the Lord for guidance and don't proceed until He gives you His peace. Okay, good advice. Who has a lot of voices, right? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where do you think the consultants get the information from? Most of the times, the, the principles they use are from the Bible. They won't tell you that, but that's where they come from. Sometimes um, they're not very good at making decisions on their own personal thing too. So you might go to somebody and get advice from them, but if you look at what's going on with them, it's not going very. Yeah, for many of them it's just a job. So you need to go to God because, you know, they'll tell you 
Oh, yeah, I couldn't do that because they want the money out of it. Mm -hmm. So you got to remember that. One is one to one time. It's better to have 1% in 100 companies than 100% in one. <laughs> Good advice. That brings up what, uh, exactly what you said, Brother Dave. And that's in uh, Ecclesiastes 11.2 that we were looking at. Give a portion to seven or even to eight where you don't know what disaster may happen on earth. It is. In one basket, which is what a lot of people do sometimes. All your eggs in one basket. Okay, um, question number two. I want to encourage you, you know, when we did Proverbs, we went through all those verses, but I encourage you to go through them again, look at the verses too, to be able to get some good, solid, uh, sound biblical advice on that. You know, I wrote a very important explanation mark underlined. Mm -hmm. That last one, if you don't have a piece, stop. And I can tell that the class was agreeing with that. That, um, you know, my husband and I, if we don't have a piece, we don't go forward, whether it's with finances or whatever, knowing that mm -hmm. God's peace is truly attendant to what he says in Philippians 4. When you're praying about these things, he will guide you in his will be upon you as, yeah. as he has, you know, And that's a very good indicator. If you're getting involved in some kind of investment and you don't have peace about it, don't go ahead. Don't proceed. Because if you don't have peace at that point, imagine how bad you're going to feel when you go ahead and you mess up and you make a mistake. You feel like you're going to feel like you want the ground to open up and swallow you. Okay, so that's a good indicator of whether to move forward or not. If you don't have peace, don't proceed. Okay, um, anyone else? Any other comments before we move to question number two? I think the last one is the most important one because sometimes we want to do things on hate. Like somebody keeps bombarding you, okay, Michelle, you know, that's how I can do that kind of thing. So, I mean, definitely you have to wait on the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, we still in love. Yeah. And all that. We need to hear from Him as opposed to you letting somebody else rush you into that you yeah. really, you might, maybe you shouldn't even go ahead at all. Yeah. Sometimes that rushing gives you an indication that that's not supposed to be like. Yeah, avoid haste. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing how so many people fall for that. You know, it sounds like a good deal. Yeah, too good a deal. Okay, what are different ways people respond to the uncertainty of the future? What are the ways that we have heard of or we are familiar with that people respond to the uncertainty of the future? Well, people, they get cautious about spending. Okay, they get cautious about spending. Okay. Want to save more? Okay. All right. People get worried and they start talking to someone else and who's also worried and they, they get more worried and more anxious. Okay. So anxiety. Anxiety sets in. All right. Yeah, well, hmm? yeah, well, that's where the hardest step in. Yeah. Right? Grabbing everything you can get. 
Okay, so they get anxious, they begin hoarding. Uh, what else? Anything else people do? Well, they stop giving, right? They stop being generous, right? Yeah, because they don't know how the future's gonna go for them, so they can hold on to it with everything else they got. Okay, the activity, let's look at, uh, at that. Uh, sometimes we make, we, we, we make the concept of investing more complicated as page 103 than it needs to be. Answer the following two questions to make a practical plan for improving your investment in the future. I know you're not time to do this, but let's look at it. Uh, what steps can I take to remove $50 in my spending each month? Okay, is there a step that you can take to remove $50 from your spending this month? Something to think about. Some of us can think of it right off the top of our heads. Some of us have to really go back and look at the budget and do it. But it's something to think about. And then where, where can I invest that $50 each month in order to plan for the future? Okay, so you're taking $50 from spending and you need to decide where, what you're gonna do with that $50. Where are you gonna put it? How will wise investment make you a better disciple of Jesus? Anybody? Okay, you'll be living through this word, okay. Anyone else? Wanna give a shot at it? Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so God is gonna make sure that you have what you need if you're generous with what you have. That's true. Good thing. Again, to invest in people who are really in need. Okay, and God says, He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will reward him most generously. God, nobody has better interest returns than God does. No banks. Okay, let's look at the other verse. As we continue to verse three and four, we'll see why we'll see Solomon use creative phrasing to express the need to keep working even in the middle of our misfortunes. Uh, verses three and four on page 101. If the clouds of gold, they will pour out rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or the north, the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. One who watches the wind will not sow, and the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. Okay, so when you look at verse three, the basic thrust of these two verses is that we need to have a long-term view of life. Most people don't. Many people let us have a short-term view of life. So these verses are challenging us to have a long-term view of life. When we focus only on the present, we miss some of the blessings that God has in store for us later on in life. The two basic parts of Ecclesiastes 11.3 refer to things that we as mere humans don't control. In the first part of the verse, we observe with Solomon that when clouds are full, it rains. 
We know that, right? We look at the clouds and we anticipate that it's going to rain. We had a um, Kevin Cooper who does our maintenance on the projects on the, the, the houses that I manage. He was doing some work on rebuilding the whole deck at one of the houses that we were trying to get rented. And uh, it rained every single day. Kevin couldn't do anything. He went out there with all his work money. The rain came down there to stop. And then one day uh, I said, boy, I know Kevin's not going to work today because the clouds were dark. I mean, it looked like the rain was just about to drop in torrents. And so I didn't expect for Kevin to be there that day. But the next day, Kevin called me and Kevin said, boy, you know, the car cloud was really built up like rain, but I got a lot done because it didn't rain. I said, wow, it didn't rain. You know, so we look at the clouds sometimes and we look, we anticipate that it's gonna rain and it doesn't. Uh, Solomon says, when the clouds are full, it rains. Okay, but sometimes it doesn't. Okay, by, we know that from example. You know, I keep an umbrella in the car and when I get to work and I look up and see clouds, I say, okay, I can leave an umbrella in the car today or I can take it in the office, all right? But I, look, I make that decision based on how the clouds look. And Solomon says the same thing, when the clouds are full, it rains. Regardless of how much we want it to rain or how much we want it not to rain, we can't change what God has put in place. Similarly, when God's wind causes a tree to fall, it will remain in that place. Much as we want it to move, it will not, unless some powerful outside forces move it, like some heavy wind or something. Some things in life are under our control, others are not. But then we also notice, what does that have to do with investing money wisely? Is what we might ask, okay? The rain, the clouds, what does that get to do with investing money wisely? Is having a long-term view of how we invest our money wise? Of course it is, right? We know that people make all kinds of plans because of long-term prospects. Should we invest and plan well? Absolutely, right? But we should also realize that some things are beyond our control. And only God knows how everything works out in the final analysis. God sees the whole parade. We only see it as it passes by. God sees the big picture. We must never get, we must never do so much planning that we fail to act. You know some people do that? They do a lot of planning, but nothing comes out of it. Good planners, but poor executioners. We may lose our opportunity if we don't act at the right time and in the right way. And verse four explains that a lot more fully. Okay, let's look at uh, question number three. How have you reacted to misfortune in the past? Any kind of misfortune, how, what was your response? to the, any kind of misfortune you had in the past? Should have thought about it more clearly. Should have okay. thought about it more clearly. You had second thoughts, right? We often do, don't we? Yeah. You know, whenever something happens, oh, I wish I had done this, or I wish I had done that. You know, I wish I had done something else. What steps can we take when worry has us paralyzed? That's an alternative question. When worry has us paralyzed, what do you think you should do? Pray. Pray, all right? Yeah, yeah. Go to God and say, Lord, I'm paralyzed here. You made me, you can release me. What, I, what do I need to do? 
Okay, let's look at the, the paragraphs in 104. Farming is hard work that carries no guarantees. Each growing season, farmers depend on the right mix of sunshine and rain to yield an abundant harvest. It's difficult enough for meteorologists. Solomon continues word pitches as he taught the importance of investing 
in God because of the uncertainty of what this life offers us. So let's look at uh, verses 5 and 6 on page 101. Question number four. What's the connection between trusting God and investing money wisely? What's the connection? Between trusting God and investing money wisely. All right. Okay, so the connection is trust, right? Trust. Okay, you're putting him and you're depending on what he's going to tell you to do. And you're going to do it, right? Okay, next paragraph on page 105.
Okay, let's look at some of the main points in that paragraph that we read now. First one is, as human beings, our understanding is limited and our knowledge is finite. True? Absolutely. Yet we are loved and cared for by the one who scattered the stars. Think of what he does now. He scattered the stars in countless galaxies. Man hasn't been able to discover all the galaxies yet and probably never will. Okay, throughout the universe, an intricately wove a precise network of veins and arteries to send blood coursing through our bodies. God did that. And guess what? He doesn't make mistakes. I took the, the, my vehicle to get the, an alarm put in um, last evening. They made a mistake. When I got home and opened the doors, the lights don't come on. Okay, so now you go back. Spend an hour there waiting. Okay? And the guy, I saw the guy pulling out. When I saw the guy pull down the light fixture in the car, I said, whoa, what is he doing? What does that have to do with an alarm system? Okay? But when I got home and I jumped and opened the car door, no lights come on. I says, oh, I gotta go back. But God doesn't make that kind of mistake. He doesn't cross up arteries and blood veins and mix them up and tie them together. God doesn't do that. Okay? Num number two. Trusting God and resting, and resting in Him by no means eliminates the need for us to act. Okay? It means that we don't just sit back and say, Oh, God, all right, God, just do it. I ain't got nothing to do with you. You just do it. Okay? Trusting Him re requires us to do something, right? When we do act, our trust in Him serves as a firm footing for all our agreements and transactions. And then the third point from that paragraph is, Paul had lived portions of his life in comfort, and he'd experienced hardship, the hardship of shipwreck and starvation. No matter the situation, he learned to trust God and rest confidently in his provision. Okay? Paul didn't get upset and bent out of shape because hardships came in his life. He expected that they would come, but he knew that God was still in control, right? But sometimes we do, don't we? When things don't go the way we want it, we get upset. desires to give if she doesn't have it. Alright? Okay, the fourth point on the passage is we can learn the same lesson 
when we do, we'll confidently declare, along with Paul, that God is more than sufficient for our future. Therefore, we can invest wisely in life of the kingdom. Final question number five. How does the wisdom of this passage both inspire and challenge you? Well, we know what challenge is to Brenda, right? <laughs> but how does it inspire us? It tells us we can trust God. We can look at Paul's life, right? And look at the good times he had and the bad times and know that God was still there. God was still there in all that he went through. So that's a good inspiration there. So again, the point is, when it comes to your money, plan and invest wisely. Okay, let's see how we can apply this now. Live it out. Page 106. As we close. Uh, what steps can we take to plan and invest wisely in the coming week? Consider the following suggestions. Submit to God. That's number one. Trusting God is the first step in any kind of wise investment. As we pray this week, intentionally submit yourself to God's will and plan for your future. Number two, invest in God's kingdom. Look for opportunities to invest your resources in ministries and business businesses that seek to honor God and work for his kingdom. Make investments that carry eternal significance. And the key word there is eternal. And then number three, finally, secure a plan for the future. If you are not done so already, make an appointment with a legal professional this week in order to finalize your last will and testament. Make sure you have a wise plan in place for allocating the resources God has given you once. Okay, you don't have to be a stockbroker or Wall Street junkie to understand the importance of investing in the future. You don't need a business degree to apply the investment principles from found in God's word. So what are you waiting for? Make wise plans for the future even as you live each day in submission to Christ. Amen? Amen.